Hey guys, this is Table Talks with the Tares. <laughs> I'm MJ. I'm Ash. Today we are just doing a little pulse check, a little state of the union, the marital union. <laughs> and giving you guys a little bit of an update to how our marriage is doing. Are you looking at me like that? I don't know. <laughs> just hoping for a response. <laughs> what prompted this was at church right now, we're going through first one Corinthians. And what was covered in the sermon was about divorce and marriage, prompted a conversation around that in our group. And I think we just like are folding in where our relationship stands in light of being encouraged to assess where we're at in our relationship, in our marriage. Mm -hmm. And we're overlaying that with like where we're at, living in Charlotte, transitioning from Virginia mm -hmm. and what, how that impacts a relationship such as ours. Such as ours. For a time such, such as, as this. this. <laughs> So here's our episode on marriage. Hope you enjoy. I think no, this is probably the piece in our transition to a new place that is the hardest to replicate. And I think, was it Ben Rector? Like we literally came across that song with Ben Rector that you can't have new old friends. Hmm. Right? I don't remember. Is that what he says? Let me literally look this up. Okay. Ben Rector. You have new old friends? You yeah, you can take me back where we were just kids who weren't scared of getting older because no one knows you like they know you and no one probably ever will. You can grow up, make new ones, but the truth is there's nothing like old friends because you can't make old friends. Hmm. And that's so true. Like we're running into that because arguably <laughs> there's more variety here mm -hmm. in terms of places to eat, things to do, places to go to. And that just is the perks of living in a more densely populated place mm -hmm. you know i love all things city so <laughs> i'm viewing everything through like the lens of a lot of optimism and excitement and the piece we're coming to really to terms with is that we can't make new old friends right it's true and i think even you can make new friends and they can be deep and meaningful relationships i think it's just there are the people that you're friends with <laughs> They kind of not serve a purpose in your life, but like, I don't know how I'm to say this. There's something unique that they bring to the table that only they can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And a relationship with any other person is going to look different. And so you can't, you can make new friends, but you can't replace, you, you literally just kind of like lose the other relationships, you know, which is... There is something a little bit sad about that. And it's not that they're gone forever. You know, you'll see each other sometimes even years and you can just pick right up where you left off. There are some relationships where you can just do that and you'll always be able to do that. But nobody else will be able to bring the thing that that person brings to the table. You know what I mean? That, And sometimes you don't realize how much you miss that until you're with that person again and you're like, wow, I just I miss this, you know? I miss this thing about you that makes you you mm -hmm. that when it's combined with me just like we have a good time you know and it just brings out something really good in me and hopefully vice versa you know and so that's something I'm learning about friendships in this season is that I don't know you really have to be thankful for the people that you have while you have them because they serve a unique purpose in your life for a time and that may not be forever <laughs> you know, in that same way. But sometimes we take that for granted, how really 
special that is to have, you know, good friends. They're hard to come by. And so when you do find them and you do have them and you're able to have that for a while, it is sad to let that go because you never, you you can, again, you can make new friends and you can probably have good friends, <laughs> but you'll never have a friend like that person again, mm-hmm. you know? And so as I'm making new friends, there are traits that remind me of old friends or like, yeah. oh, this person reminds me of like this other person, but it's still not the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's still not that person, you know? And it, it still makes me miss that person a lot. So those, or those, you know, people. So yeah, those old relationships. The other thing too, that I'm just like a little bit more conscious of is that you can kind of get away with a lot of things being somebody who's unknown mm-hmm. and almost create a new persona and i'm not saying that i'm like all of a sudden this different person but you know particularly for you like you don't want to lead with you know i'm, I'm grieving the loss of my sister mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in meeting new people but that's something that's hanging over your head and you in a way have to like ease into something that's actually very prominent in your life in how you're meeting new people and so they're almost get to know this like 80 percent version of you Mm -hmm. that doesn't include an awareness of you having lost your sister Mm -hmm. and so it's like a strange dynamic where you almost can tell yourself that you're getting away with something when it it will catch up and Mm -hmm. it will come to the surface and i had another thought in that there's also a temptation for you to not engage in creating new relationships Mm -hmm. and really end up being isolated. Yeah. And we'll really try to like, as much as we can take small steps to push back against that, especially as parents of young kids. I think that that's a season that you can feel, especially by yourself Mm -hmm. when like you're not having adult conversations The the kids always have needs And I think it's just been good to like be in a group at our church right now that are in similar stages. Like we all have kids who sound like nobody has teenage kids. Um, They're all roughly in the same neighborhood of ages as ours. Mm -hmm. And like we're experiencing similar. So like there's that similarity in that kind of similarly to what you have with your old friends where you've experienced something together, maybe you know, you served in some capacity together or you experienced something together where you can reference back to that as something that connects you. Like, you know, your old coworkers that you you both used to work somewhere together and you Mm -hmm. don't anymore. I think what helps jumpstart that is in like the context of this group that we're in, everybody has kids. Yeah. And so there's like that similar experience that kind of makes it under like you can understand where they are Mm -hmm. and they don't have to add disclaimers as to you know i have to be home at a certain time right i can't be out at the certain time and and just all things that come with parenting children that are young yes yeah it's an interesting season it's a lot of different feelings at one time it's exciting because we're in a new place and it's I'm also really thankful. I just feel like we're really blessed and the Lord has just been really good to our family and showing his favor to us. And simultaneously I'm grieving and I'm sad and I'm hurting and sometimes I'm writhing, you know, just like how do I cope with this in a way that's healthy and not going to have a bad impact on you or the kids or, you know, Mm -hmm. 
I'm also lonely because I miss my friends, you know? Yeah. And yet it's been really nice for me to make new friends too and get to meet new people. And the Lord has really just met that need for me in, in a way I'm really thankful for. So, um, it's just different. You're like, you're booked up. (laughs) like you're doing so many things the next couple of days well for a little bit of time you know i would say for about three or four weeks our kids were just sick back to back to back to back to back and that means a lot of isolation you know and just yeah and not able to go outside this house because you can't take the kids you know with pink eye anywhere (laughs) and so yeah i was ready to be with people again i think back to Something somebody said, I don't know who it was, where they said that intimacy with one another creates vulnerability. Mm, mm-hmm. And Or people think that intimacy with one another creates vulnerability. Mm. And that he tends to argue it's actually the other way around. Mm. That in being vulnerable, you actually create that intimacy. And it's intimacy is such a weird word because people automatically think, oh, yeah, everybody's getting taking their clothes off and getting into it but intimacy in this sense is that you kind of know a person for who they are yeah like in their in their like non-makeup comfy clothes like who they truly are on the inside or what they're struggling with or things like that yeah i would i would agree with that i would say intimacy very simply if i could just give like a simple definition of it would be to know someone and still choose to be around them yeah like into not, me you see yeah but it's like knowing i mean in reality it's it's knowing them in their full-fledged sinfulness mm-hmm. i mean that's really what keeps us from being intimate with each other i think personally it's just yeah when you start to see the ugly parts <laughs> you know that's what makes intimacy hard mm-hmm. and so when you can know someone for who they are in their wholeness in their wholeness in their sinfulness yeah and still say, I'm going to choose to stick with you. Then I think right. that's where you see mm-hmm. intimacy. You know, we're going to stick with each other, good, bad, or ugly. I think that goes for romantic relationships, but also friendships. I think yeah. it's the same thing. You know, you get to know each other and you're like, hey, I'm going to stick with you. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to walk with you, even though what you're doing, I'm not really, not, I'm not really liking it, you know? I just thought it was really cool to experience that in real time yesterday because it was crazy because the day before yesterday we like i mean (laughs) we were kind of just like unpacking this Mm -hmm. for you and i in terms of like here's kind of where we're at here's the things that we're struggling with rebuilding relationships in a new place with new people Mm -hmm. and i think one of the things that we came to an agreement on is that like we're just gonna have to stick our necks out and reach out to people that we know or or you know look for those relationships that we really got to enjoy or maybe even take for granted mm-hmm. back in virginia and there was a moment where in the conversation i was like all right we're just gonna we're just gonna like tell it like it is put the band-aid off yeah and <laughs> i mean we're talking about the sermon the sermon was about a section in marriage and divorce mm-hmm. and so um, you know, Michael was like, so where's everybody at in their marriage? And I was like, well, here we go. And it was cool to see in the process as that conversation unfolded, where you decided to be vulnerable 
and everybody responded in a way of like, okay, you know, I experienced a recent loss as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember having kids that you're your age and experiencing that isolation as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just like really encouraging to hear just like that sense of you're not alone. Yeah. I've, I, I've experienced what you've experienced. I feel the same isolation that you're feeling and I want to do something about it. And so there was just like something really special about that where we got to experience, you know, this sense of being vulnerable, like that moment of vulnerability yeah. that you yeah. just decided to just tease out and and chase after resulted in a type of intimacy that I don't think maybe we never really had in that group before. And yeah. so that was just really neat to see that in practice after you decided to, after you decided to really just share a little bit about where you actually are. Yeah. Yeah. That's the second time that's actually happened to me in a group setting like that. Another time was um, in the women's Bible study that I've started going to where it's just, you know, I express a need and not even a need. It's just like, I'm struggling yeah. <laughs> with loss and I feel like, I don't want to go into like a lot of details, but I feel like I just need to, like, I can't just give the whatever answers. I feel like I'm not being honest, you know? Yeah. And, um, in both settings, people just immediately were like, wow, like, I'm so sorry. Like I've dealt with something similar. Like I'd love to grab coffee. I'd love to get together with you. I'd love to, Hey, if you need help with the kids that, you know, just yeah. immediate, like, stepping in and being like, Hey, I want you to know that you matter. (laughs) And I'm going to show you that very practically. And it's been such a beautiful thing to be able to experience that. It reminds me that being of like what it really means to be part of the body of Christ, that we can be uprooted from our community and our friends and Mm -hmm. be in a different place, but with other believers where the only thing that we know we have in common is like the fact that we believe in God, you know? And yet you get to experience like what still feels like a sense of family almost, you know, mm-hmm. of like people just coming alongside you and immediately being willing to right. just be there, you know? And maybe not even knowing what that needs to look like, but just offering like, hey, I'm here if you do need something. And so... Yeah, it's been really, I'm, I've just been really, really thankful for that. And we've just been surrounded with some really, really good people here already. So I do want to just talk about this season for us a little bit more. Like we've talked about like being vulnerable, but I'd like to kind of just open up the vulnerability here of like, <laughs> where are we and how are we kind of like a marriage pulse check. Mm-hmm. But also, like, how are we finding ways to still, or how do you, when you are in a hard place and a tough place, still prioritize your marriage and still maintain the health of your marriage? Maybe that's the question I would want to yeah. speak to. Because I'm sure we're not the only ones <laughs> who've ever been through hard times. Yeah. But when you're going through that and you have kids and you have all the things and all the responsibilities, you're grieving, you're this, you're that. Maybe you lost a job or I don't know. How do you still maintain the health of your relationship and invest in that? I think there's the, I think there's the like cookie cutter answers of like always be communicating. 
like keep lines of communication open sure date often and make sure it's consistent or whatever and then like the other thing of intentionality like make sure you stay intentional i think for me love the guiding principle for me that i think has translated most effectively to my awareness of how i should think of our relationship it's so strange because i'm going to give you like a sunday school answer but it's so true in that like the more i am aware of and i talked told you about this earlier the more i am in line with where i stand positionally in the righteousness i get to experience through the work of christ and his love for me and his example that he set in loving the church and how husbands should love their wives and you know gave himself up for her if i like am able to put that in front of me either through you know for right now it's like listening to the bible mm. on on audio mm-hmm. that's like and, and even like like that's the most consistent form of being able to practice that for me right now and even that in and of itself is an adjustment like that's not how i'm used to mm-hmm. you know spending time and and meditation like I, th- I like to think of it as meditation not in like a yoga meditation way but in the sense of right thinking leads to right living and that consistent practice for me however consistent that can be for me has led to a better awareness of how I should be thinking about serving you because otherwise I am positioned you know that takes me out of the throne of my own heart and places me in a place of I get I'm participating in the redemptive work of the gospel because of God's love for me and his invitation for me to be an ambassador for the kingdom in a nutshell and what I'm supposed to do today and so what that means in our relationship is that I model after what has been done for me Christ laid his life down for his bride the church and he gave himself up for her you know all those things translates over more aware like more consciously over to how i think of serving you and then on the flip side if i don't do that you know i I tend to be a lot less aware of that i tend to be more on the throne of my own heart of like the needs Mm -hmm. i have you know my default Mm -hmm. is what are my needs how do i meet them and it's wild to say this it's maybe even shameful to be like you know and any needs that you have are just like on top of my own needs like any needs you have are just barriers to me being Mm -hmm. able to meet my needs and that it's this sense of like if you get to do this i don't get to do this Mm -hmm. and i'm just trying to really practice in a strange meditative way realigning myself on a regular basis as to that awareness of like i am insufficient on my own but i can rely on the sufficiency of christ and it's because of my inability to achieve righteousness on my own that i have righteousness through christ and so that enables me to then live freely to serve you and really have our relationship be a reflection of what's been like what we've experienced personally in like our salvation in our faith and so that's really like where i'm at today and trying to practice that and trying to stay Mm -hmm. consistent with that because it's more so than anything else i think that i've tried to implement in our relationship that has led me to recognize that i'm intentional with being curious about where you're at i'm intentional about you know asking you with how you feel about things how i can serve you and like placing myself in like okay how 
what kind of a day has Ashley had today? And that's partly because, again, it like repositions my perspective, but also like my default way of thinking is very selfish, like very self-motivated of like, what are my own needs of like the things that, you know, most commonly it's like, I think I'm hungry. Maybe I need to eat something, Mm -hmm. things like that. So that's where I'm at right now. I have seen that. I have seen your effort in that love. So thank you for that. And especially the past couple of days where it's just been really tough for me. And I've really, mm-hmm. I feel like you've kind of gotten the brunt of that and you've handled it very graciously. So I'm appreciative of that. Some of it, love is just like, I'm listening to you and like my heart hurts for like truly where you're at in a sense of we finally settled in. Mm-hmm. And now you're left to have to deal with the loss of your sister. Yeah. And meanwhile, like Judah's teething and Evie is just like in a very complex developmental stage Mm -hmm. where how we respond to the way that she needs you is not a simple like give you a bottle of milk anymore and you're happy. Yeah. Right. There's like conversation that needs to be had. There's a lot of explanation. She asks why. Yeah. And. And so you have to put a lot of these things on pause and that that's tough to do when nothing else pauses about motherhood. Yeah, it's tough. And what's been the the toughest, I think, is just overstimulation. Like there's a lot of negative feelings like sadness or, you know, grief Mm -hmm. just stirs up a lot of negative feelings inside of you. And your kids are just like or my kids. I don't know why I said your kids. All the children. All the children. (laughs) All the hypothetical children. No, my two kids are just in a very fussy, screamy, whiny stage. And there's just a lot of noise. And, and, and that's where they're screaming. supposed to be, right? Like, it's yep, not like it's they're misbehaving. Totally developmentally yeah. normal. And yet I am just not in a good place to be able to receive that and kind of absorb that yep. all day long. I just, I, my threshold for that is so much lower than it normally is. And after both of them are screaming and I've got something I'm trying to cook with like a fire on the oven and like they're both screaming and grabbing at my legs and pulling on my clothes and Mm -hmm. it's just like, I can't, I can't deal with this. So, yeah. So, you know, let, let me ask you where you're at with things now, you know, just asking the question back at you to, can I, can I give a context of like the conversation we had earlier this week versus yeah. yep. where I see you today. Yep. Earlier this week, you were ready to book a ticket <laughs> and fly out of Charlotte. and to spend anywhere. Uh, anywhere by myself. Anywhere USA. <laughs> yeah. And spend it by yourself for several days. Yeah. Like that was literally something you said to me. And so, and then time has passed. And then we're here today. Like sound like uh, your friend that came over, it was like, Mm-hmm. You really enjoy that time. And so like what's changed oh and where are you at today with, you know, you, where are you at today with the relationship aspect that's a lot tougher to replicate? And then also in turn, like how do you view our marriage right now? Yeah. So leading up to that conversation, it had been about two weeks straight where the kids were sick, fussy, Judah was not napping, which means that from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m., I have zero moments to myself. Yep. And 
that was just, and one day bled into the next, into the next, into the next, even on the weekends, like there's no reprieve from it. And it's not that I don't enjoy motherhood or adore my children. It's just that I am in a tough season personally, (laughs) and yet their needs constantly eclipse mine. And our normal rhythms were severely disrupted from sickness and them just being extra needy and it's exhausting. So I kind of reached a point of like severe burnout and that was that moment of me just being like, look, I got to get away. Like I, I just need to be myself and make my own decisions, take a shower when I want to like eat hot food. Like I need to be by myself. (laughs) And so we had that conversation Mm -hmm. The next day, Graham was able to help me a little bit more and at least allow me in the morning to have a shower to myself. And in that time, I really was thinking, I I was really getting to the point where I was frustrated because I feel like I'm jumping. I know how to deal with grief. It's not like this is my first rodeo. I've lost someone significant. I've been through this before and there's no formula, but I at least know what I need to do in order to be able to process, to allow myself to process it. I felt like I was doing all the things. Mm -hmm. Like I'm speaking just like I'm going to see someone about this. Like I'm, I'm receiving all of the help that I could be receiving in this area. I'm doing all of the processing that I could be doing in this. And it didn't, I didn't feel like it was fixing it, you know? And so you feel like you're going, you're jumping through all the hoops. It's not, it's not working. And, um, it was really frustrating to me. And I kind of just had this moment with the Lord where he kind of reminded me that you can put all the strategies in place, but it's not the strategies that heal. He's the one who heals. And so I either trust him with that process or I don't. And um, either let him do his work or I can try to self-sufficient, you know, self be self-sufficient in my process of grieving. Mm-hmm. I think as long as I'm just doing all the things, then I'm going to get the end result, you know. I feel like that also translates to anything else in life, really, <laughs> including our marriage. You know, going back to your comment about like you can have all the date nights and you can be super consistent with it. You can be really intentional. You can be, you know, you can, I don't know, go on vacation together away from the kids. You can go to a marriage conference. You could do all the things. And yet those things in and of themselves don't transform your marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do them. I'm not saying they're not helpful, but they're like vessels, you know, to, to the end result. They're not things that produce the end result, if that makes sense. In the same way that all my strategies, I don't know if I said that in a coherent way. I think of it as like, they're all ingredients, but God still needs to cook it in the oven. Yes, that's exactly right. And so I think we could do that same thing in leadership. If we're Mm -hmm. in a leadership position, you can take all the classes, you can do all the things, you can learn all the communication, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 learn how to conduct meetings. You can learn how to do retreats. You can learn how to do this or that. It's all great and it's all helpful. Not, I think you should do all those things. Right. And also, you still have to put it into practice. You know, it's not like some magic formula. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same way with parenting. It's the same way with friendships. It's the same way with everything in life. Like, right. 
strategies are helpful, but sometimes we rely on strategies because it's the tangible things. It's the quantitative measurements. It's the data that we can, data, data. I always want to say data and then I try to say data and then it comes out weird. (laughs) It's the data that we can collect, Mm -hmm. right? And we want that because that's how we make sense of things. And yet, you know, ultimately it's Christ that carries us in our marriage, you know? And I think some of it too for me is accepting where we are in this season where it's not the season for the elaborate date nights. It's not the season for us having exorbitant amounts of time together. We don't have any of that, you know? And it doesn't mean that we can't have that at all, but it's it's really much more of being able to differentiate between what do I want in this season versus what do I need in this season? What I want is to be able to go out with you and have an elaborate dinner and mm-hmm. we do the, all the things and we have, you know, we can go anywhere we want, whenever we want, mm-hmm. however we want. That, that's what I want because that's some of what we used to have and that's not what we have in this season. Yeah. And so some of it is being able to say, to differentiate between this is what I want this to look like versus this is what this needs to look like in this season and being okay with that and and also just continuing to speak over myself. This doesn't mean that it's bad. It doesn't mean that it's less than what it was in the season before. Or forever. Or, for, or yeah, that this is the way it's going to be forever. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can, not, not confuse, but we mistake breadth for depth. Breadth, how do you say that? Breadth. 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 Where we had breadth yeah. of time together in the previous season, we had breadth of... Oh, quantity versus quality. Yeah. Like we had the just... But that's what I mean, yeah. though, is that like it was wide, you know? We yeah. had like all the time together i had you exclusively you know like in the sense that like now we have shared responsibility of also being parents too so there's a portion of us being poured out into that where it doesn't leave a whole lot for each other at the end of the day so you went from executive offices to co-working spaces yeah and so sometimes it's reminding yourself that lack of quantity doesn't always correlate to a lack of quality. Mm. I'm not saying it's not going to take some sort of a hit. However, breadth doesn't always equal depth. You can still have a deep relationship where you have little time together, where you have little opportunity for dates, where you have little opportunity for, you know, the things that we, that were just so easily accessible to us before. Yeah. And I would even argue that it makes you appreciate the the little time that we do get together. Those moments that we do get to share mean so much to me because it's not something that we can that we get to take for granted in this season. We just literally can't because we're not afforded that luxury, you know, of t- of that amount of time together or the ability to go out on dates whenever we want together. And so, yeah. That's another thing I think I'm learning about marriage in this season is just being okay with the season that we're in, understanding just because it's not where we were doesn't mean it's bad, and it also doesn't mean it's going to be where we are forever. Recognizing the difference between what we want in this this season to look like versus what we need this season to look like, 
and then remembering that breadth doesn't mean a lack of depth. It doesn't have to. So that's where I am, babe. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with Tatares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table. <laughs>